Daunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. Guys, that's a poem that I found a while back, and really the first place that I saw that was on Tim Kennedy's social media. So if you know anything about Tim Kennedy, he's a former UFC fighter, uh, also a current Army Ranger in Green Beret. I believe uh, those are the two uh, branches that he is with right now. Um, but the thing about that poem, you guys, is you can't find source material for it. So this isn't like some ancient philosopher or stoic or something like that. This is just a quote that's just kind of made the rounds. It's been on meme after meme after meme. It's been shared all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, even Pinterest. Like it's just all over the place. And you hear it quoted. Sometimes you hear it truncated down to, you know, hard times create strong men, weak men create hard times. You know, you hear it kind of truncated down a little bit, but this is the gist of it right there. And I remember the first time that I saw that and I was just like, yeah, that's it. It's just like, it was so simple, but you just needed somebody to show it to you. And it was in a picture format. And then once you read it, you're like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. It speaks to a lot of different things. It speaks to the cyclical nature of history. It speaks to the cyclical nature of people and of manhood and of all these different things. And so what I want to do on this podcast episode, this is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode, but I just want to flow a little bit on what what this is and kind of these these thoughts that kind of come up because I'll be honest with you, I, I bet you the first time I, I saw that was a couple of years ago, had to have been at least a couple of years ago. And I've thought about it ever since. So the first meme I saw again on Tim Kennedy's uh, Twitter or Instagram or whatever, I took a, uh, a screenshot of it and I saved it on my phone and I saved it to my favorites. And so from time to time, I'll be, you know, clicking through my favorites on my photos and I'll go right back to that and I'll read it and I'll say it in my head and I'll internalize it. And it really hasn't lost any of its meaning it just keeps gaining meaning with the more experience that I get as a human and the more mature that I become. So for a lot of guys out there that are listening to this, you, you understand what it's like to go through different pockets and different seasons of your life, right? So I'm 31 years old. Some of you guys that are out there, you, you might be twice my age or, or half my age. I, I don't really know, but you look back on your life and you look back on things and you can put them into chapters. You know what I mean? So uh, this is a way that I think about, and this is how I've explained it to some younger guys that I've been able to have the privilege of mentoring over the years is they have this thing that's going on in their lives at that exact moment. And there's nothing bigger. There's nothing bigger than that one thing. Maybe it's a breakup. Maybe it's not getting into this, the college they wanted to. Maybe it's not making the team, whatever it might be. But what I kind of tell them to do is I say, you know what you need to do is you need to break your life down into five chapters and five chapters only. Okay. And and I get them to kind of work their way through that because if they're, you know, 15, 16, you know, the five chapters of their lives, you know, each chapter is only a few years long. And for some of those chapters, there's just not really a whole lot going on. So something like a breakup when you're a 15 or 16 year old, it's the biggest thing that could possibly happen to you. Right. But then I get them to imagine of, okay, let's imagine that you're not 16, but let's imagine that you're 76 years old. (laughs) Like, let's put you way out there. You've been retired for a while. You got grandkids, maybe great grandkids. And now put your life into five chapters. Then it's a lot different, right? I mean, is that, is that breakup with a girl when you're 15 or 16 years old, even going to register at that point? It's probably not like you just got to think you have these big portions of your life where you learn so much. And so that's where I kind of feel like I am at in my life and in my career and in in my friendships and in, you know, my development of my body and this, this ministry and all these different things is there's these seasons. And I can look back just five years ago and think to myself, man, what was I doing? 
Like, you know, what was I thinking whenever I did that? Well, you know, that workout, why did I think that was a good idea? Or why did I think following this, this uh, particular pastor's way of thinking? Why did, why did I go down that road? And so this isn't really a tangent here. It it does apply back to what we're talking about here because it applies to the cyclical nature of who we are as singular men and how that plays into how we are as manhood, like as overall humankind. Right. And so again, I'll I'll read this and I'll read it several times just so that we can continue to go through it. But it's hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. So what I want to do right now is I want to look at all four sections of that individually, and then we'll kind of come back at the end and uh, look at, look for some parallels. So that first line is hard times create strong men. So this is probably the easiest one for us to think of, right? Because we, we think of these times where people are forged, right? And it's interesting. I use that word because the thing that comes to, comes to my mind is the jujitsu gym that I go to here in Edmond, Oklahoma, where I currently reside is called the forge. And so that, that wasn't just kind of a haphazard name. You know what I mean? That wasn't just, I'm sure the guys didn't just go, Oh, I saw this on a, you know, a t-shirt back in the day and I thought it'd be cool. No, it, it represents something. You know, there's an anvil and a hammer on the logo, right? Because basically when you walk into the forge, you are forging yourself a little, a little bit by a little bit. Like you go in there and no matter what your mindset is, when you go in there, once you leave, you're a little bit better. You may have got your butt kicked. You may have had the best practice of your life, but you're forging. And what happens in that room when you keep coming back is that all those hard times turns you into a strong man. That it's just what happens. I remember uh, one of my uh, one of my favorite guys at the gym. He's a guy that's taken uh, a lot of time and effort into my game and helping me out. It's a guy named Tyler Murrah. He's one of our purple belts. This is a guy who told me uh, a few weeks ago, and he said it you know with a smile on his face, but it's true. He's like, your job as a white belt is to get your butt kicked and to keep coming back. Like that, that is your job. And so it's like, if you're looking for a role, like everyone's always looking for their role, their role on the team or their role at work or their role in their family, your role as a white belt is to get your butt kicked and to keep coming back, right? That, that's just kind of what happens. But the thing about it is, is the whole time you are being forged, that, that, that's what's happening to you in these hard times. So, so just think back in history. So you think back in the things that we have recorded where, you know, you have the Great Depression, you have World War One, World War Two, you have um, individual strife, you know, stuff that's not making the papers and, you know, not making the history books, but just strife within families that when you're going through these hard times, it, it creates a different level of compassion in you, a different level of strength. And so I even look back early in my marriage. Um, so, you know, obviously I don't want to compare what my wife and I were going through early in our marriage to people that really, really struggle with poverty uh, all across the globe, but I can safely say that my wife and I were not living terribly comfortably when we first got together. We didn't really have a lot. And so again, this is a micro example. I'm not trying to make myself representative of some sort of, you know, of, you know, charity case type of a deal. That's not what I'm doing here, but just follow me along with this point. But the things that we experienced early on in our marriage, and we've been married nine years this month, the month that I'm recording this podcast, we had to do things very differently than what, than how we're doing them now. We made good decisions. We let we got out of college without any debt, either one of us, um, for for any silly debt or school debt or anything like that. But it's still things were a little tough. Like we had to do things that we didn't think we were going to have to do that early in our marriage. And the thing about it is, we can look back at that time and think about how fun that time was. But it was hard. 
Like it, it was hard to make these decisions and you have these expectations about what marriage is going to be like and, and how you're going to be able to operate. And it just doesn't always end up that way. And I can look back at that time in my early twenties and man, that was a hard time, but man, it was forging me and leading me towards greatness. Like it was leading me towards a deeper level of strength. And I, I'm so thankful for that. So we just think about in general and in terms of this poem, hard times do create strong men. That's just what happens because in order for you to survive, you have to be strong. And this isn't some sort of wink or, or a nod to, to Darwin or anything like that, but this, that's really the reality of it. If you're weak, you will not make it when times are hard. You won't make it. And again, if you think you're just, if you're like a, a naturalist or, or an evolutionary biologist or something like that, then you know that to be true, right? Because that's your entire worldview. We're just stardust out there, you know, you know, bumping into each other. Like we're just meaningless clumps of cells that happen to have eyesight and good hearing and opposable thumbs and, and things like that. You know what I'm saying? So if that's your worldview and that's the way you're thinking about, then of course this makes sense to you. Hard times would absolutely create strong men. So let's go into the next part. Strong men create good times. So this is kind of what happens. Once you've you've thinned the herd, right, for lack of a better expression or phrase, once you've thinned the herd, you've gotten the weak, the stupid, the lazy, and you get all those people out of the sources of what you're going to be doing, you can allow for people to create good times. So you have your front runners, you have your alphas, and then you have all your other people underneath them that can kind of help them do what they need to do to continue to blaze that trail, to give them some momentum, to give them some forward motion. And you allow these strong men to create good times. And we've seen this over and over again. Even just look at our history in our own country. Think about the men that that became what what was the founding fathers, right? So just think about whoever your favorite one is and just think about those types of individuals. What they were able to do is these were strong men that created good times. Because again, if you've read anything about the Revolutionary War and kind of what was happening uh, during that period of our history and the 13 original colonies and things like that, there's actually a really good book on that, uh, Washington's Crossing. It's on our 100 books that every modern Christian man should read list. Uh, If you've never really thought about what those men were going through during the Revolutionary War, that was a hard time that allowed strong men to rise to the top. And then a lot of those strong men were able to create good times for this country. It was able to put us on a path of freedom and liberty that literally the world has never seen before. But the thing was, is it couldn't have happened if it didn't have the hard times because these men would not have been forged the same. It doesn't mean they wouldn't have been smart. It doesn't mean some of these um, liberties would not have come to the forefront. It doesn't mean that we wouldn't have experienced a tremendous amount of success as a country early on, or even as we experience it today, but it wouldn't have been the same. It just wouldn't have been the same because you didn't have as much resistance that you needed to push up against, right? But in reality, that's exactly what happened. There was a ton of resistance for our country as we went that direction. So again, it was the hard times that allowed these strong men to be revealed to the world. And these strong men created good times and they created it for all of us. So let's move on to the next part. Good times create weak men. So I want to talk about this a little bit because basically this can be summed up in the phrase fat and happy, right? So you've experienced good times. And so you start to kind of level off a little bit, you know, you lose your edge. I forget who, who really put it this way, but, um, it was somebody that was really paying really close attention to the Chicago Cubs. So when the Chicago Cubs finally broke the curse, uh, and they won the world series, beat the Cleveland Indians in seven games, it was, it was all this century plus attention and, you know, failure and sadness and emotion that came down to this one game and they win it in dramatic fashion. 
But then it was over. They had won the World Series. And so they're going around and, you know, they're doing, they're doing all the late night talk shows and they're, they're doing stuff on YouTube and they're doing all this stuff on social media. They're doing all this crap all over the world. And then someone kind of commented rather quietly. They go, eh, this team's kind of lost their edge a little bit. They came into spring training really loose, not like effectively loose, but really, really loose. And, and, you know, this isn't to demean that team. Cause obviously if you know me, you know, I'm a Cardinals fan. I'm, I'm really not hating on them, but they just didn't have the same edge the season after they won the world series. Now, the game of baseball is a game that has a ton of parody. Like the last time you had, you know, two teams in the World Series in back-to-back years, I can't even remember. We're on the fourth year in a row where we have the same NBA Finals teams, the Cavs and the Warriors. So you don't really see that in baseball. But the point is still made that you have to kind of continue to have that edge if you're going to make your way to the World Series, and especially if you're going to win it, right? And so this is a team that kind of got fat and happy. This was a team that had, had reached the pinnacle and there was nothing left for them to do, right? So think about it this way. One of, one of the easiest corollaries for a lot of guys that listen to this podcast is look at mixed martial arts and specifically the UFC. I mean, you talk about these people that all they can see is that belt. It's that 12-pound gold belt, and they're going to get it no matter what it takes. They're going to train hard. They're going to find the right team. They're going to get the right diet. They're going to make sure they're in the right weight class. They're going to make sure that they they get the right kind of fights and say what they need to say on the mic afterwards just so they can get to the pinnacle and get that belt. But then what? Right? They had hard times in training, and it made them strong, and now they're strong, and now they've created good times. They're making more money, and they're getting better fights, and they're on better pay-per-views, and they're doing better, better interviews, and they're getting more sponsorships, and they're doing all these different things. But now what? They've attained what they need to attain. Like, they, they got what they came here for. But now it's time to stay on top. But we don't really see that a lot in mixed martial arts. And like I said, aside from baseball, mixed martial arts, that's my jam. That's one of my favorite things to watch and follow. But can you name the people that had title reigns of more than three defenses? I mean, you're looking at George St. Pierre. You're looking at uh, Anderson Silva. You're looking at GSP. You're looking at, or I already said uh, George St. Pierre, but you're looking at these types of guys, you know, Jose Aldo comes to mind and BJ Penn and, and, and guys like that. But you don't really have a lot of guys that have done it for a really, really long time. And it's because they get to the good times and it makes them weak. I mean, that's, that's what it does. Like, there's nothing else to strive for. I mean, what are they going to do? Strive for additional greatness? Because think about it. There's a gigantic chasm from deciding, hey, I want to be an MMA fighter and I want to be a UFC world champion and then becoming a world champion, right? That's not a short process. Like no one just, hey, I never really, you know, hit a heavy bag before. And then six months later, they're the champion. You don't really see that, right? There's no, there's no real prodigy status in there, right? But then the gap between becoming a UFC champion for the first time and then becoming an all-time great might be even longer, right? And so I'm not really counting on the front end like, oh, you know, I, I wrestled when I was a little kid and then, and then I started to box a little bit in high school. I'm not, I'm not counting that. I'm talking about the moment you decided mixed martial arts, that's what you were going to do. And that's what you wanted to uh, try to do uh, on the amateur level and try to go professional. From there to getting UFC belt is a long time. But from getting the belt to becoming a legend, like that, that's almost unfathomable for most people because you've reached the pinnacle by getting the belt. But, but man, now I have to defend it. Now I have to do even more media. Now I have to, I have even more responsibility. 
you know, more money, more problems, you know, whatever the thing is for you. That's why we don't see those, those all time greats, those people that can have the belt for a long time and, and just keep it and solidify their legacy. Here's another thing for mixed martial arts fans. How many guys have you seen, seen been long-term champions and come back and win a title again after they've lost it? I mean, this isn't pro wrestling. Like this isn't some sort of like Ric Flair, 20 something time world champion. Woo! Like that's not what this is at all. Right. This is mixed martial arts, right? This is, this is completely different. So can you imagine someone that has, you know, won the title, who has three or four or five different defenses? How many of them even make it back? I mean, really think about it for all you MMA fans out there. How many people even make it back to a title fight? I mean, Jose Aldo comes to mind right now. He went years without getting beat. Like just, and he wasn't even close to being beat. Chad Mendez had him in a really, really tight fight, but you know, he gets starched in 13 seconds by Conor McGregor. And then he just kind of reeled for a little bit, right? You know, he comes back and has a good fight against Frankie Edgar at UFC 200. You know, he's right back on the horse and he's, he's pretty much anointed the champion again. Uh, but then he loses to Max Holloway and then he gets a a rematch and Holloway pretty much beats him worse the second time. And we're never going to see Jose Aldo in another championship fight. I mean, you can almost guarantee it. But just think about that. That's, that's one example. But there's a ton of different examples out there. Because they get through the good times. They get to the good times, rather. And it makes them weak. And, and again, I know there's father time. And I know I'm using a lot of athletic examples here. And father time's completely undefeated. But the, the point is the same. They got through the hard times. It made them strong. When they were strong, it created some good times for them and the people around them. And the good times made them weak at some point. They lost something. And that doesn't mean they're a bad person. It doesn't mean they're a punk, but it does mean that they got weak over time. So let's go to the last part. Weak men create hard times. Weak men create hard times. Guys, to be honest, I feel like that's where we're at right now. Like, to be honest with you, I'm still just kind of flowing through this podcast. Is that not the feeling that we have right now? We live in a culture that is celebrating beta males. I mean, I... I'm going to do a podcast episode on that at some point in the future, just talking about that concept, but society doesn't want strong alphas anymore until they do, right? seems kind of ridiculous to say, but we don't want these strong testosterone filled dudes around until someone's trying to attack us or until something needs to get solved or until someone needs to be defended or until someone's rights have been violated. Then we want the alphas. We want the sheepdogs. But society as a whole, it's like, oh, I don't, I don't really know what to do with all this testosterone and I don't really know what to do with all this action and all this yelling. Why is he yelling? Like, I, I just don't know what to do with all these things. And so it's easier to repress them and to push them back, to make them weak. And here's the thing that I know about you guys. And I know this about myself. For a lot of guys, if you keep telling them they are something, they will become that something. Right. So if you're a woman listening to this podcast, thank you so much for listening. If you're married and if you constantly nag your husband and say, oh, my gosh, you're just like your father. Well, he's going to become just like his dad. Oh, oh my gosh, you're just never going to provide for this family in a way that that would be appropriate. Well, guess guess how motivated he's going to be to provide in a way that is appropriate. And who's defining appropriate? You or him. Right. Just think about that. The more you say something to somebody, the more he's just going to be like, all right, screw it. That, that's exactly what I'll do. So the more that you tell guys, get out of the public square, we don't need you right now. Guys are just going to acquiesce. Be like, yeah, sure, why not? I'll go play, I'll go play video Fortnite. 
Like, I'll play Call of Duty. I'll go do some fantasy football with my friends. I'll go fart around. I'll add another round of golf every week. I'll add another fantasy, or not fantasy team, but like another intramural basketball team or softball team. I'll just keep adding. They'll, they'll go do things that they want to do. I talk about it all the time. If they can't dominate in certain areas of their life, they'll find a, a place where they can have fun and, and be part of a community and, and dominate. They'll do it. So our society that we're living in, especially in this country and especially in the West, you know, it's really bad in Europe and in Canada, but it's really seeping into the, the fabric of the United States as well, is we're wanting weak men and we're celebrating them. I mean, just think about the things that you've seen going on college campuses. Right. I mean, and again, you know, we'll get into the transgender stuff at some point. I know a lot of you have asked my opinion on that, and I want to make sure I have a very measured and specific philosophical, uh, you know, points that I'm able to bring to you guys. But just think about all the areas where we're trying to stamp out any expression of virile, strong manhood. Think about it. It's happening all the time. And it's hard to see right now for a lot of guys, whether you're a Trump person or not. And when you see what's going on with, with the economy right now, when you see what's going on in business, when you see what's going on with the unemployment numbers, things are looking good. And for all intents and purposes, when all things are considered together, this is one of the greatest times ever to be alive. If, if you think about it, like just, just think about a hundred years ago, what would you have to have done to know everything you could possibly know about the, the pyramids of Giza, right? Think about all the things you would have had to have done. I could stop recording this podcast, go read for 10 minutes and come back and know more than that person could have done maybe in a year's worth of research. Like we live in an amazing time of, of progress an amazing time of, uh, affluence and of understanding and of information. And people still just complain all the time. They don't have anything to complain about. So they make something up. You know, they don't, they haven't been mad at somebody online for a while. So they, they wait for somebody to say something a little bit off color and then they just destroy them for it. They don't have a group that they belong to that can be outraged enough. So they become vegan or they, uh, or they, they join Antifa or, or they start going to different rallies and they wear pussy hats and they do all these different things. And it's just like, oh, now that we have a group that, that can fight up, fight against whatever it is that we're needing to be fighting against at that time. They don't even know. They can't even fully think about it. But when you look at everything considered, we live in an incredible time in history. And this incredible time in history has been created by strong men. Okay. That's how we got here through innovation and through industry and through entrepreneurship and, and overall strength. That's how we got to the point we're at right now. And we are actively doing everything we can as a culture and as a society to undo that. It's, it's like we're undoing the fabric of our country and of who we are, like one fiber at a time. And we just continue to tell guys that you are no longer part of the story. This is our time now, if you're on the feminist side. Or, you know what, I, I know that we built off this through, through industry and through capitalism and through open markets, but now we're going to try these other ways because government knows how to do it better for you. And I, I, I'm not getting on a political soapbox here, so, so don't tune me out if this isn't really your thing. But I just want us to really think about where we're at as a country and where you're at as a man. Okay? Think about where you're at. Because again... We talk about manhood all the time. This is obviously a men's ministry. This is a podcast meant specifically for men. It's called a man's podcast. Like I get it. Think about yourself. I mean, people ask me all the time, well, what's your definition of manhood, man? If you're going to be talking about it all the time, hurt. 
This is my definition of manhood. It's a guy that cultivates spiritual, mental, and physical resilience daily. Boom. That's it. Are, are you doing that? Because here's the thing, guys, is if you're cultivating those things daily, spiritual, mental, and physical resilience, if you're doing that, how hard is it going to be for you to be weak? It's going to be pretty damn hard. It's going to be really hard if you're doing that. I mean, it's if not impossible, you can't cultivate all those different areas and do all the things that is required in order for you to be strong in those areas and be weak at the same time. It just doesn't jive. It just doesn't work. But I just wanted you to think about the times in your life where your weakness created hard times for you as an individual. I mean, we're on the micro right now. This is the micro example. Your life, the worst decisions that you've ever made, the worst deeds you've ever done, the worst sins that you've ever done against God have all been when you were weak, right? If you cheated on your wife, it's because you, it wasn't because you were found in a moment of tremendous strength and resolve and you just tripped and fell and landed in your secretary's vagina. Like, that's not what happened. You were weak. Maybe you were weak physically, like you hadn't had sex in a while and you're, you're feeling sorry for yourself. And then that was your outlet. You were weak mentally because you didn't set up parameters that wouldn't allow for you to do something like that. You didn't have accountability partners that you talked to about, hey man, I'm kind of attracted to this lady at work. You, you spiritually weren't resilient enough because you weren't allowing the gospel to cover you in the blood of Christ and understand that what he did for you is so much bigger than what you feel like your need is at that moment. But you did it anyway, but it wasn't because you were strong. It was because you were weak. And that's the point, guys. Think about you as an individual. You know that. And for, for a lot of you guys, that's not, that's kind of an extreme example, but for some of you, it's not, but just think about whatever it is for you. And then now multiply that by the number of men that we have in this country. And then multiply that by the number of men that we have in the world. Add that all up. Weak men across, across the globe are creating hard times for people across the globe. And the people who are affected the most are the weak, the people that can't help themselves, the unborn, the young children, women, the old. Those are the people that are affected the most by weak men. So for me, for everyone that considers themselves an undaunted lifer, for everyone listening to this podcast, you play a role in this. Okay. You play a role. If you allow yourself to become weak, you are going to create hard times. And if enough people around you all shirk their responsibilities and become weak, hard times will be created all around you and you'll be surrounded by death, literal and figurative. So here we go again, guys. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. And one last thing before we wrap up, fellas. Think about what Jesus did. Think about what he did for us. Some of you are right now listening to this podcast. You know, you might even be an atheist or an agnostic listening to this. And I understand that. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm like ecstatic that you're here listening to this. But Jesus was a real person that lived, who did ministry for around three years, who died on a Roman cross, was resurrected three days later. And he's been alive ever since, guys. And the Holy Spirit is something real that all of us can attain and all of us that we can have. But once we receive Jesus and the Holy Spirit and we're marked by him, 
that doesn't mean that the story's over. There's still a lot of life left to lead. You're still six, you're still, you know, above ground, right? You're, you're not six feet under yet. You're still above ground. There's still a purpose for you here on this planet. God's going to make sure of it, right? Jesus was an incredibly strong man, an incredibly strong man. Go back to episode four of this podcast. I really kind of detail out the different things that he did to show his strength. And those are just the things that we see that are recorded in the gospel accounts of his life. It's an incredible thing that for us as Christian men, and even those of you that aren't Christians, we have an example of perfect manhood out there that we can follow. I mean, just think about that in in your work. Is there a perfect mentor? Like, is there a dad out there that's like, you know, you're about to have your first kid and he's like the perfect dad and and you could just follow in his footsteps so you can become another perfect dad? Like, you know, is is there a, a sports figure that's like, all right, if I can learn to throw the ball just like him, I'll be just as good at this sport and I'll be a perfect quarterback or a perfect pitcher. It doesn't happen that way, guys. But we have that example in Christ. We just do. This was a guy that went through hard times and it made him strong. He, he, was, he was a man like all of us. Spent 40 days and 40 nights being tempted by the devil in every conceivable way. Don't you think that made him strong? Don't you think that was a hard time? And because of his strength and because of his resolve on the cross, he created good times and good capability for all of us. But here's the thing. Some people accept the gospel. They accept all the good. They get out of the hell free card. They accept all that. And then they allow themselves to become weak. They don't evangelize. They don't spiritually lead their families. They don't spiritually lead themselves. They don't seek Christ on a daily basis, right? These are, these are things that they just don't do. And that weakness creates hard times. I want you to avoid that. This isn't some sort of like, hoorah, let's get all excited and get motivated, you know, podcast or anything like that. Again, I'm, I'm very much so in the Jocko Willink camp where it's discipline over motivation. Motivation will wane. Discipline will not. But, but we have to look at the words of this poem, even though we don't even know who wrote them. We have to look at these words and think about how they apply directly to us and how we can make sure that we don't end up in the last part of that, being a weak man that's creating hard times. All right, guys, so before I let you out, we're going to do a quick resilience boost. So as you know, by now, we are a men's ministry and our mission is cultivating manly resilience. And we do that by providing content like this podcast that forges spiritual, mental, and physical toughness. So today I want to focus on mental resilience. And so did a little bit of a shorter episode this week because I want to make sure y'all had ample time to take down a mammoth podcast that uh, Jocko Willink released last week. So if you're listening to this on time, he would have released it last week. This is episode 127. It's called Hell Yes, I Do It Again, Leadership Lessons from EWO with T. Fred Harvey. So this was a about a four hour long podcast. Um, and again, if you listen to it two times speed, you can cut that in half. But yeah, four hour long podcast. And it was by um, Jocko Willink and his co-host Echo Charles. And they are interviewing T. Fred Harvey. And he was a guy who grew up during the Great Depression His father left his family when he was really young, and he ended up fighting at Iwo Jima during the World War. So this guy went through it. You know what I'm saying? Like this guy went through it big time. And so I think this is a perfect podcast to um, couple with the one that you're just listening to now. This is a guy that definitely went through hard times. And just to to hear about the things that he was able to do and to hear him, you know, now I think he's in his 80s or 90s when you, when you just hear him talk about it, it's just kind of old hat. It's just like, ah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I kind of did that thing. But when you when Jocko reads his commendation, whenever he received his his military medal, like, oh, 
Oh, dude, it's amazing. It is freaking amazing. So I provided the YouTube link. So if you want to watch it, uh, that is here in the description. And also I'll provide the link to the episode on Jocko's podcast so that you can make sure that I, that all gets gets there to you. So go ahead and give that a listen. Let me know uh, if you liked it. And again, I appreciate y'all listening today. If you would, please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play so you don't miss any of our future episodes and refer your friends to listen. If you share this on social media, be sure to use the hashtag on Daunted Life. We'll be sure to find it and give it a thumbs up. If we deserve a five-star review, please, please, please leave us one because that is how we will continue to end up in searches and continue to grow this. So we just really appreciate it if you guys can do a five-star review. I'm booking speaking engagements for the rest of 2018 and the beginning of 2019. If you'd like me to come speak to your church group, to your Sunday school, to your team, to your retreat, to whatever, feel free to hit me up info at undaunted.life info at undaunted.life. Our website is www.undaunted.life and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Undaunted Life and Facebook.com backslash Undaunted Life. You can also check out our free devotionals on the YouVersion Bible app. Just search Undaunted Life under plans. And as always, we want to thank the band August Burns Red for allowing us to use their music library for our content. The intro-outro track on this podcast is their song King of Sorrow, which is off their latest record entitled Phantom Anthem. Links to all this are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep cultivating manly resilience, keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical toughness, Keep seeking the Lion of Judah.